Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 90 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here as always with Ethan Cardwell. Cards, how's it going, man? You know, it's good. Um, it seems like the weeks are kind of just all molding into one right now at this time of year. I think I think everybody's just so excited for, like, the Christmas break and everything like that, that, like, time... I don't know. I feel like I've lost track of the last few weeks and everything's just kind of come and I'm like, holy crap, I need to start Christmas shopping because I haven't even thought about it. And here we are about two weeks away from Christmas. It's wild. Yeah. So we we're in our Christmas break now in U sports. So it was, and you, I was feeling like that until this week. And now I, I actually had a couple of days free. We still practice, but no games. So I had a couple more like hours free and days to get the Christmas shopping done do stuff mm-hmm. like that, be a little more relaxed. So things are things are good on this side of it. So, you know, you're almost there. <laughs> Keep grinding away. Yeah, it's like, it, it's actually like, it's the hardest time of year, I think, for players to like stay dialed. And like, that's like a big thing, like mentally for players. Like, it's like considered like the dog days almost. Like you're, you're kind of, you're nearing that halfway point of the year. You know, guys are getting sick. You've been through it all now. And it's like, you see that little break in the future, but you can't let yourself get ahead of like things and you just got to stay present and like try to win all these games because these are games like that are crucial. And we'll talk about Brock. I mean, like you guys won three in a row to finish up and like put yourself in a great spot going into the break. And that's what people don't realize. Like these teams, like you can catch them sleeping on these nights and like it can really advance you up the standings and kind of set you up for a big second half. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And, I think we've referenced it in earlier episodes like a long time ago, um, maybe even at this point in the year last year. Um, but you're right. Like how, how many more do you have two, one more weekend of games before the break for you? Oh man, we, we have, we have seven games in like 11 days coming up to the break. It's crazy. Okay. That, yeah, that's a lot. That's a, that's a pretty hard schedule, man. But, yeah. Uh, at least like, so it, what's good for you, obviously like you're not far from home necessarily you know like there's guys that are so far from home and it's got to be even harder for for them at this time too um so but it's definitely i definitely hear what you're saying so i mean we can get into the brock games and stuff like you said in a bit but you guys had three games this past weekend as well and um do you want to talk about that yeah i mean like it wasn't great like we had a good like tough like schedule i mean owen sounds like got those young forwards on their team that just keep producing um so they got out to an early lead on us then, and then we were just playing catch up that game. And then we go to Windsor, um, and really we didn't play a horrible hockey game. Just again, get behind, and then we're chasing the game three one, um, and then you and then you're clawing back, and it, it just we fell too late. And then I finally felt like we were, we were better on Sunday. You know, like we we won a good game in Sarnia, Teddy Bear toss packed crowd it would have been an easy game for us to kind of just like lose focus and and just like let one slip away but that was a big game for us to kind of like halt the losing streak and just say okay no we got to start going the other way and that's that's why I mentioned how crucial these next seven are because like you get hot for 11 days and all of a sudden you find yourself on a nice heater going into the break um, but it can also go the other way so you gotta you gotta really bear down at this time but I want to hear it. Like, I know you guys played so well. Like, I, I know you were fired up. So I want to hear about it. And you're just a quick showbound bump for you back to number 10 in the country. Yeah, we're, we're in the top 10 again. Um, and I, I want to go, we're, we're going to go back into your stuff in a bit. I have a, 
a little video segment for us to react to that, including your penalty shot goal and stuff that we're going to queue up. So if you're listening right now, go to the YouTube and in a bit, we're going to react to some videos and stuff, but um, yeah, our weekend. Yeah. We had three wins in, in three games and four nights. We played Guelph twice. All your boys are on Guelph and, uh, and York once. So we beat York and then the Guelph game on the road uh went to overtime and we won in overtime there and uh then we played Guelph again at home and uh that one was like a pretty crazy one Guelph was just like take I think they had nine penalties maybe or we had like seven power plays so um we were taking and our power play was clicking so we won like seven two or something and yeah put us into uh the top 10 in the country again which is obviously really nice but we were we were buzzing and there was honestly like i want to get into some of these clip one of these clips before the uh guelph game let me let me share my screen and uh this is what we'll do i think i need to also share audio though so let's see share sound okay so this this one this is the first clip this is from so this is before uh our our last game of the weekend against Guelph. So the second one, we second one against Guelph. And this is Matt O'Brien on our team. He's a guy who's been like in and out of the lineup and he got to do the, uh, the lineup read before the game. So I want you to see this and, and react to this one. Um, Cause this was like maybe the best starting lineup read I've ever seen in my life. Ryan responds. so like that's that's good stuff man that's actually yeah. like how are you not gonna win that game when you start that hot before you know <laughs> no that's unreal i just saw a video the other day of ryan reeves like doing the starting lineup and stuff and and that's like very similar like he goes yeah he said that he said he was he was in the washroom that morning and the video of reeves came up on uh on his phone i don't even think he knew he was in the lineup at that point and then he ends up getting picked to do because we pick randomly like we give the person that that's funny so he he ended up just doing that and he scored his first OUA goal that night so so what a night for him um, so yeah must have been juiced up after that. I actually love doing it man like when I get the nod at the starting line I, I love it I feel like it's just like it's such an opportunity like it, it's goofy like you can mess around with it a little bit make, get the mm-hmm. boys laugh and get them excited but it's such an opportunity to like take and like get everyone going rather than a coach just kind of coming in and being like, yeah, we got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, like get the boys going, get the blood flowing. You're only five minutes out from puck drop anyway. So you might as well get it going, you know? 
Yeah, like Dan Bilesma knows how to do that as a, as a coach. Speaking of uh, Bilesma, um, Dalpy. Yeah, Dalpy I was gonna scored. I was gonna bring that up. Zach Dalpy gets the call up to the NHL and scores against the Winnipeg Jets. So now he said it on our podcast that like he wants to be that guy, even though he's the captain and he's slotted in the A. That he he's he's not that guy who's like pissed off or whatever. He wants to be the hardest working guy to earn it. So he earns it, gets the goal, might earn another game, and. So he's played 14 years professionally, almost all in, in the AHL, some in the NHL, but tw- uh, 12 of the 14, he's had NHL games. So he's Incredible. like, honestly, like, you can't, you can't put him down and keep him there. Like the guy's gonna, gonna work his way back up. So good for him. Shout out Dolphs. I texted him. It was late. It was like 1am and he responded right away. So that was super nice. Yeah, um, man. I woke, I woke up. I saw the, I was just swiping through cause every morning, like, I'll turn on my TV and my billet's gone. They, they have the fire stick. So I got like the NHL app on it. So I'm always looking at like who got the goals and stuff. And I'm sliding, just going through quickly. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. And then I see a goal number one. So I'm like, I always look at those. I'm like, oh, I'm like, holy shit, it's Dubs. I go, <laughs> I go, first off, I didn't even know he was called up. Second off, that's incredible. He's scoring. So, and, and that like instantly came back to my head when he was like, we were like, oh, so like you're slotted in the A this year for the whole year. And he's like, no, like, like, obviously, that's my position. I'm the captain. But, like, at the end of the day, I want to get that call. And that just goes to show, like, every single person out there and listening to this who still plays the game, like, don't give up on anything just because you're put somewhere. Just because you're given a tag on a certain thing, the way you play, kind of where you slot in the lineup, where you slot in the in the minors, like, anything like that, don't take that. Just kind of like do your best and he's a perfect example of that yeah no you're that's very well said by you so Dolphs is the man we'll get him back on at some point too he's a beauty Mm -hmm. um going back into our games one more video to react to before we go to go into your game stuff uh i I forgot to mention this in the first guelph game the one that went to overtime there was you might have have you seen this clip of like i i've seen this i've seen the whole thing yeah i I think it's hilarious i'm gonna share it for uh, our viewers to see. I think it's awesome. So um, let me make sure we're sharing sound. We are. Let's, okay. let's do it. Let's do a quick little breakdown of what's going on here for the people who are just living, listening on audio. Right. So okay, yeah. basically what happens is Liam Ham, defenseman for the Guelph Griffins scores a goal in the game and breaks out the violin, Sally. And um, I'll let you pick it up from there. Cause you, you know, the better. Yeah, so Liam Ham does the violin Sally to, on their goal to put them ahead 3-2 in the third period. So, you know, a timely big goal from him on the power play. And then the game ends up going to overtime. And our guy, Justin Brack, who, funny enough, played with Liam Ham for the Niagara Ice Dogs, um, ends up breaking down, breaking out the violin Sally end-to-end all the way down the ice, staring at their bench. And then the broadcaster, as you'll hear in this video, just like, he just says it perfectly, like the the way it's announced. So I'll play it right here. Liam Ham, he'll sling one on, and he scores! And he can play the violin all he wants. Justin Brock ends this game in favor of the Brock Badgers. As you can tell, this Guelph Griffin squad is absolutely upset. Justin Brack gives the same celebration as Liam Ham did after his 3-2 goal 
but this game will go down. So that was just hilarious. Like, yeah, I, I saw that. I was actually scrolling on. You posted that on TikTok, eh? Like, I don't know. You don't run it, but like Brock. Um, and I, I'm sitting in bed. I'm just scrolling through. I'm like, what? Brock Badgers men's hockey on my TikTok? And then sure enough, it was that video. So that, that, yeah, was, I, that was me who posted that one too. And actually, funny enough, we had a video. I don't know if you saw it of Rochi. It went kind of viral. It has like 380,000 views. Um, it was just, we have a tradition where like we have a sword and we hammer in the, the game puck into the sword, whoever gets gets the game puck on the team. And it was Rochi. It's just a video of him like hammering it in. And that's 380,000 views on TikTok. That's odd. But I, I like that tradition. I saw that also on your guys' page. I, I like that. Like, I think it's pretty cool when you like, you like make a point of every win rather than like at the end of the season, you say like, oh yeah, we had 40 wins and you don't really remember them all. But like, I feel like that way you nail in the puck and I've played on uh, other teams. I think it was in Trenton where we'd keep every game puck and we had it like in a wall where we'd collect all the game pucks. And like, so then you, you're like, oh, wow. Like we've actually actually accomplished a lot more than you think, you know, like, and it's, it's a good recognition for the guys because I do feel like as much as it's business, okay, we win, move on to the next, you should celebrate and like understand that winning each night is a victory in itself. So you have to be happy with that, you know? Yeah, and uh, especially in the in our shorter season of like twenty seven yeah. games, the the wins matter because honestly, like two points in a twenty seven game season separate like at the end of the season when it's really tight, like cool. those wins mean a lot. So um, guys- it's fun, and the vibes in the room like are are unbelievable after when when guys are throwing the hammer around, going crazy. Yeah. Like- well, it's almost like for you guys, it's a, it's basically every night's playoffs. Like if if you go on like a five game losing streak in U Sports, you're screwed like you right off season basically like you're not you have no chance of like finishing high in the the standings and stuff like that it's like it's like the nfl right like very limited games you have to be dialed at all times yeah it's especially this year for the first year in the oua only six teams make the playoffs from each division instead of eight so it's like so yeah anyway we put ourselves in a good position but it's good to get the break guys can do their exams and then mentally reset for the second half but i want to i want to pull up more videos so this is going to be your penalty shot goal in Windsor I got two different angles here here's the bench angle so first I'll just play it for uh the people watching a lot of booze (laughs) then you just silence them and then this is uh the the angle from the broadcast that we'll play I don't know what's with the quality, but I mean, you can see what happened. So just a quick release, low blocker there. So what are you seeing? Let's let's take us through like what you're looking at. So you're you're here. You're at the hash mark. What what's well, in your head? Hopefully, there's no OHL goalies listening to this. Um, give away all the secrets, but no, actually. Um, I don't know. I just kind of came in off the the left hand side there. Um, like to come in on that angle as a righty to kind of give myself a better view at the net. And if you can move a little bit, like from outside to in, it, it already gets the goalie moving a little bit. Whether you're going to shoot or deke, it really doesn't matter. But he may be off an angle by a little bit. And yeah, I just walked in and I I honestly had no idea where I was going to shoot going in or if I might have deked or whatever. But I kind of just saw. 
a little opening on the low blocker and I figured if I could just if I could snap it in stride he wouldn't be able to react quick enough and sure enough I and I wanted to make sure I was shooting out from far enough out too because he was he wasn't like deep in his net by any means but I saw that area and I figured okay if I can shoot in stride then it'll catch him off guard and uh and hopefully it goes in and sure enough it did but it's actually funny that first video listening to that like when I listened to it over and I never knew like how many um how much booing and stuff there was going on like it's actually it was it was crazy a lot of booze and stuff but I feel like I honestly like I feel like when you're a player like you don't even notice like and it's the same thing like when there's there's 20,000 people at a game like you're you're all worried about it but once you start playing like it doesn't matter at all and I feel like it's the same thing there like there's a million people booing there and I, I had no idea about that so that's interesting but I'm, I'm just glad the goal went in I've uh, I my last I think two attempts in the shootout haven't gone in so to get one in the penalty shot felt good yeah, so that's a good description. And also, going forward, I think we're going to maybe implement in our podcast some more like videos to react to like that. Maybe not necessarily of us like that or our teams, but you know, maybe something in the NHL or something going viral. So what do you think of that idea, Cards? Because I'm just running it by Cardsy now for the first time too. Yeah, we didn't even talk about this, Rascos. I'm going to show you some videos and we'll talk it over. And I'm like, all right, sure, we'll see how it goes. But um speaking of videos to react to i know we don't have it queued up or anything but can we talk about binnington a little bit oh yeah okay so obviously this guy's just he's a distraction a little bit for his team like he's hitting guys he's blocking people in the face like um i think if he's on my team i would just be like stay in your net you're you're kind of being a distraction and it's, it's not good for the team and who knows like he might even get hurt in the mix so yeah i think it's it's also like from a fan perspective, I love it. I love seeing yeah. it, but I wouldn't I mean, want it on my team. So what, what's your take? It's it's definitely adding, I don't know, it's stirring the pot a bit for the fans and stuff. But like, I just, I don't like it. Like, I feel like for player safety one, like these players, you're not going into these plays expecting a goalie to take a run at you or make a cheap shot at you. Like, I don't like that. Like, I think obviously the way the game's going, it's headed towards player safety and stuff. And this is just kind of like, setting that back like you you can't have and it's it was like when he got pulled even he goes over to the bench and stuff like that I feel like almost there has to be like a different punishment or something for goalies rather than somebody else serves their penalty um because why wouldn't they just take penalties right they don't care they're not they're like okay we'll go to the PK I'll make the stops but like I definitely think he needs to calm down and you saw the uh you said even their coach said like hey like just stay in the net make some stops and he's an amazing goalie too like I feel like these antics kind of just like they've been coming over the last few years but they're really ramping up now since uh since the team hasn't been doing amazing you know yeah you're right and uh about the rule change thing you mentioned like maybe if like if a goalie blockers someone in the face or like does an actual physical penalty not like shooting it over the glass or something, but something 
something along those lines of hitting someone, maybe they have to go in the box and the backup guy comes in for two. That would be that would be good entertainment. Like no warm up either. You took the penalty, your backup goes in cold. It doesn't yeah. matter. But, but then it should be like if he gives up a, a goal, like it doesn't it's on count. your goals again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was just about to say it can't count against his goals against, but it goes on yours. So you can't so the goalies will stop doing it. And yeah. actually while we're on the topic of the goalies, did you see the goalie fight in the OHL? Yeah, I did, man. That was pretty exciting. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a long one, but it's always cool to see that. So yeah. good, good for I those th- guys. I thought it was major jam too. They took their helmets off. I, they only got like, I think, a three-game suspension. I thought it would have been way more taking your helmets off, especially um, at our level. Like fighting with helmets off is a big no-no. So, But great entertainment. It's kind of gone viral. Yeah, it was It was pretty cool to see. I love that. Um couple more NHL things to talk about, but while we're while we're on the NHL topic, we should drop our guest, as you can see in the title. We got Chris Versteeg, 11-year NHL veteran, two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, so that's going to be a big one that we're excited to get out for you guys. Uh, but another NHL thing I wanted to talk about is Jason Robertson. So he's got 23 goals in 26 games a whole bunch of points this guy was just in the o a couple years ago um lighting it up he's a favorite now for the rocket richard what do you think about him actually well he's he's an unreal player right like he's kind of produced at every level and it's like okay he went to the ahl for one year for that like development type year lit it up in the ahl goes up to the nhl like just under a point per game or a point per game, I can't remember, then excels in his second year. Now his third year, obviously, like you said, um, it's been crazy. And, like, I saw I saw a thing today, and uh, I think it was Jeff O'Neill. Uh, no, I don't know who it was, but somebody said they were calling him Pete Davidson because he's, like, they were saying he's not the fastest skater, he doesn't have the hardest shot, but he just gets the job done. And he just produces and he's dialed. That was the exact quote. They said he's dialed after that. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Uh, like comparison and everything like that. But uh, I, I was laughing at that one. And it's interesting because my, my girlfriend and his girlfriend are like, like grew up together in the same area. So like, I'll always hear like um, about how he's doing and stuff like that. But it's, it's crazy how, how well he's producing. Yeah. Like he, and he's now on a bargain of a contract the, the way he's playing too. Oh, so like uh, incredibly like it's what did he sign for? Seven? I don't know, seven or eight. Um but I mean he's like if Matthews is making twelve and he's outscoring him and everyone else, and you could argue that he should be up there too. And obviously like sample size isn't as big, but I think he's gonna be like a top score in the league for a long time to come. Well, how about the the comparison to McDavid and people are saying, oh yeah, well he's 23 and McDavid was 18 coming into the league. But it is all about like your opportunity when you come into the league. Like he wasn't given everything like McDavid was right away. You know, like that was a guy who kind of had to like earn it more. Like obviously McDavid, unreal superstar, throw him on the first line 100%. This wasn't the case for him. He played a whole year in the AHL and then they're, 150 game comparison like he has like a bunch more goals and stuff like that and then mcdavid obviously more assists and then their points are right there with one another and then robertson with better plus minus so like it's it is really crazy like the the kind of incline his career has been on and like steady takeoff 
um, this year. And I, I, I don't expect to see anything less for years to come. Yeah. And he's got a rocket of a shot. Like I watched him against the Leafs the other night and uh, it wasn't like, sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, you're good. Like, like his shot isn't like that hard. Like I feel like his brother's shot is a rocket. I feel like he just picks the spot so well. Like I watched him on the power play. He sees the screen in front. He just picks the corners. Like it's unreal. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it looks like a rocket to me. Um, I'd actually love to see a radar gun on him, but, but I agree with what you're saying. Like Nick Robertson, this guy can play, man. And he's not getting an opportunity, but bro, when he's in the lineup, like he can really play. He looks so good. And we saw him in person. I think we, we, we didn't even say we went to the Leafs game, uh, against San Jose last week. Uh, your team, the Gavin guys, shout out Gavin again, they gave us some tickets. So we got to go see the Leafs against Cardsy's squad, the San Jose Sharks, where, uh, the Leafs won three one, and uh, so that was fun. But I think we saw Nick Robertson in that game, and um, I don't know. So maybe clip this. You can go check the box score. But I don't, <laughs> I don't he played, man. I don't know. I don't remember. All right, I can't remember, but I've seen him on TV a bunch, <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen him back in the O. But he he looks good when he plays, man. He does. Maybe he did play. I don't know. Now you're messing with my head. I now I'm busy. just pulling it off because we have to now. When was it? Wednesday? Yeah. yeah. Leafs versus Sharks. Box score. Number 89. Sick number. Uh, yeah, he was playing. I thought so. There we go. There. I was paying attention. Cardi's watching Eric Carlson all game. Man, I was uh, just to watch that guy out there, like, because we've been talking about him so much, and like, obviously, like that was my main focus going into the game. I wasn't really watching the Leafs at all, actually, and that was funny because we were in the crowd, and you're like, "You noticed Matthews?" I'm like, "Well, to be honest, I haven't really noticed anyone on the Leafs. I've just been kind of isoing guys on San Jose." But that was that was fun, and I really appreciate that from uh, Stu Gavin and Justin, who we had on last week, um, to hook us up with those tickets. It was a it was a good time. Yeah. No, it's fun. And, and yeah, the Leafs are buzzing. We don't need to get too much into it, but everyone knows this is our year. So the Leafs are probably going to win the cup. Um, so that's... <laughs> that's a reach. But... <laughs> <laughs> the Leafs are going to get out of the first round this year. They will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, Actually, we... let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Let's go. Um, oh, we got to have a punishment for. Okay. We'll, See, I'm we'll always make... scared, like making deals with the, when it comes to the Leafs making it out of the first round. Now, yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll we'll say that there's going to be a deal in place, and then we'll pick the punishment next episode when we have some time to think about it. Okay. All right. Leafs. If the Leafs make it out of the first round, then I win. They don't. What does that? Does that mean you lose? Or yeah. That means I if lose. If they that. do, then you lose. I mean. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay. So we'll come up with something. Um. All right, before we send it to Christopher Stieg, we got an awesome message from Manscaped. So let's get into that. Tis the season for clean balls. Oh, I think I'm supposed to sing it. Uh, la 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 <laughs> our, our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using code SHOWBOUND for 20% off plus free shipping. 
Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift in the Platinum Package 4.0, plus loads of little presents perfect for stocking stuffers. What better holiday gift than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs? Manscaped offers a handful of their liquid formulations, shampoos, body washes, upstairs and downstairs deodorant, gels, exfoliants, absolutely everything they could need to keep it clean. Don't let their chestnuts roast in the wrong boxers. Get them a pair of Manscaped boxers, especially made to keep the area cool and provide holiday comfort all year round. Now that you've gifted them perfect privates, go beyond the grown with Manscaped's full body product line. Dad has nasty nose hairs? Save his life with the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is their full kit for nail care with scissors, clippers, tweezers, and a file for the traveling man. I have the Shears 2.0 kit, actually. It's pretty awesome. Um, there's no, there's the new, I can't read, there's the new Persevere cologne that brings a light, breezy, woodsy feel and gives that fresh tree scent even after the holidays are over. Still using a loofah? Introducing the body buffer. Well, loofahs actually hold bacteria from dead skin. Help them throw out that disgusting old loofah and get the body scrubber that feels smoother but acts tougher. I feel like cardsy out here the way I'm reading. Lastly, top off the stocking with the crown jewel for their family jewels, the Lawnmower 4.0. The electric razor's advanced skin safe technology is a life changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. Manscaped is here to make holiday shopping a blast by giving products they'll love and make them laugh. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SHOWBOUND. Manscaped, for a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. Listen to me. If you want to be a family favorite, a favorite of your boyfriend, favorite of your grandfather, I don't know, get this gift for them for Christmas and use SHOWBOUND promo code because it'll save you a little bit of money. But uh, most importantly, they'll be cleaned up down below. <laughs> exactly. Cardi says it right. And uh, I guess with all that said, let's send it over to Chris Versteeg now. Alrighty, we are pleased to be joined by Chris Versteeg, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Steeger, how's it going, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. So, uh, so what's going on these days now that you're retired? I mean, I honestly, we could jump into it. You're rocking the clever hat. Like, do you want to talk about what you got going on before we get into some of your career stuff? Yeah, Clever's a startup that I founded in uh, October of 2020 based out of necessity because athletes and parents were trying to send me video in order to teach, to send back to them. And there was just no streamlined way to do it. And that's what Clever is. We've streamlined the clip, edit, and share process. So what once used to take a couple, you know, an hour to two hours to do just to teach one thing and you'd be on two to three different platforms. Now you can do it in a minute. Literally, someone could send a coach or an athlete could send a coach a video or even their own parent. They could voice over it, draw on it, pull two clips up at one time, whatever you need to do and share it back. Um, And you can literally do it with fitness now. Any sport, we have nine sports on the platform and fitness. So it's a pretty cool tool and uh, yeah, basically just a platform that gives anyone to gain the edge. And uh, on top of that, I don't know how much you can share, but there's, you're, you're starting a hockey league too. Can we, can we get into that? Yeah, that's, there's a lot going on here. So there's uh, the clever super league uh, that is now off and running. We've got some members, charter members, uh, affiliate members, uh, six charter members to be exact, the aces, 
the Raiders, ourselves, Eastern Ontario, Young Kings. Uh, I could go through a couple more. And then um, a lot of the top development companies, though, around have, have put these charter met or charter teams together. And they're going to have three age groups at tier one and tier two. So next year, it'll be the 2015, 2016 and 2017 ages, tier one and tier two. And it's just about giving kids a competitive stream now to play hockey Um and again, you can debate whether the full ice is good. I still think they should be on, you know, small area games and developing their brain and their skills and all that. But the competitive kids need to play competitive hockey. Um, they need to be challenged and they need to do it in a safe environment and a safe way. And that's our goal to give them a safe space to play hockey, to enjoy the game they love and to develop and stop focusing everything. I don't know if you know much about youth hockey, but everything's about spring hockey. So kids just forget about winter hockey, right? Because winter hockey is basically such a joke now that they, you know, it's just house league. There's no development. So all the parents focus all their time to spring. And that's what we're kind of hoping to give is that, you know, that spring level of development and the excitement for what, what players basically put through excitement for spring. We want that for the winter, right? You're there for eight months. You should enjoy your time at hockey. You should be getting developed. People should be putting, uh, they're, you know, they're putting hard earned money into it for their kids and they should get the right development and they should get competitive hockey, especially if kids want to be competitive and if their parents want that as well. So that's what the clever super league is. I'm excited about getting it going. Clever again is a huge supporter. Every team will be using clever in the league because video coaching is so essential now for kids being such video learners and clever is one of the main sponsors that they're the biggest sponsor of the league and every team will be using clever to, to get their kids to go and take it to take their uh, game to the next level. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome idea. And you said it very well, as I'm sure you've said it many times before, but um, I guess just two more things and I'll flip it over to cards to keep moving forward. But, one of them, I just want to take the chance now. I want to shout out Jake Chella for setting up this um, interview. He works with you on the Super League and plays yeah. on our Brock hockey team here. So shout out to Chella for that. And uh, two, is there is there like a website for you to for your guys to go to who want to check out this league or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, so there's two websites. Uh, they'll all be linked up here at some point. So there's clever, K-L-E-V-R, superleague.com. And that's a splash page. And then there's also the clever network, K-L-E-V-R network.com. And that is, again, where all everything will live with inside the clever network, all the Young Kings teams, all the scheduling, everything will be there for the league. Uh, for the teams, the information. And then again, Clever itself is clever, K-L-E-V-R dot A-I. If any coaches, athletes, or parents want to learn more, and, um, please reach out because we'd love to get more coaches on the platform that are trying to uh, monetize their knowledge. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. And it's nice to kind of like hear about this. And obviously you you haven't been uh, no slouch since retirement. You've been real busy there. And we're, we're going to kind of send it back to a time where you weren't even thinking about retirement at this point. But uh your NHL draft in uh, 2004, Ovechkin's draft, you go fifth round to the Boston Bruins. Um, do you want to just tell us about that draft day for you and the the experience? And were you there? No, I wasn't there. Uh, it's a story in itself. I actually went to my graduation that day. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be drafted. I was told by my one coach that there's a possibility I go to, I think it was Columbus, St. San Jose and Boston. That's what he said. There's a few teams looking at you. But he goes, if you are, you're probably going to go in the eighth or ninth round. And that's basically what I suspected. If I was to go, it would be just a flyer in the eighth or ninth round. Uh, I ended up going to my graduation, high school graduation the night before. 
uh, was with my ex-girlfriend. We left. There's things out west are called the safe grad. So basically you go and you drink in a field for six hours and then you leave and they put a wristband on you. And, you know, I, I get home and my ex-girlfriend's pulling me out of the, the car. I kind of remember. And we get on the front lawn and my mom comes outside and she's crying. And I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she's like, you've just been drafted. Rich Sutter called. He called from Carolina. I'm like, hey, what? And it was, it was about five or well, sorry, it was about seven in the morning because that's when I got home seven. So it was nine in Carolina. And I'm like, what do you mean? That means I would have had to go in like the fourth or fifth round. She goes, you went in the fifth round. And, you know, and I was like, it's insane. So anyway, <laughs> I went and slept off uh, the uh, intoxication and I uh, woke up about three, four hours later with all the film crew at the house ready there to interview me for my hometown news. But it was, again, like I was at my high school graduation having fun um, with my friends, not even thinking I was going to get drafted to the NHL. That's That's got to be the most unique story we've heard yet. Like we always hear the ones, oh, yeah, I got nervous because I didn't go early enough and stuff like this. But that's hilarious to hear. They uh, just wasn't even on your radar and then boom, just like that. But uh, yeah, I was shocked like fifth round, right? Like yeah. I, I wasn't ranked in any of the rankings, nothing. But I had a really good hockey so I, I actually as a 17 year old I led my team in scoring in the WHL it wasn't many points like we didn't have a high scoring team it, it's not insanely impressive so I had a good year but I also played for team Canada at the end of the year and I had a really good tournament and I believe that's where the Boston scouts saw me but again I never interviewed with one team didn't have one interview so again I didn't think I was going to be drafted yeah, no, for sure. And that kind of cancels out our next question. I was going to ask if you had any um, interesting interviews or unique questions from teams. So with that being said, I guess we can flip it over to Rask and kind of get on the way with this NHL career. Yeah, I mean, such a such a great career you had. I also do want to say that while we're talking about weird drafts and stuff. So Cardsy here, he was drafted while he was caddying for his brother in uh in a golf tournament in the States. So he, he might oh. have, have you one up on that one. It's so, a little different, but uh, yeah, that's, I wasn't having beers like yourself though. So <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't um, even know what I was having that night. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, moving in, like I, so you never end up playing for the Bruins, but you made your NHL debut with Chicago. So can you tell us how you found out you were going to get into your first NHL game and how it went for you? Yeah, I, uh, at the start of that year, actually, I had a really good year in Providence, ended up getting traded at the end of the year. And then I went to Chicago the next year and I had a really slow start. Um, so about 10 games in, I didn't think the NHL dream was going to be very uh, soon. But then uh, I had a meeting with the coach. Uh, I wasn't playing very much, had a meeting with the coach. I might have tried to flip a table. I can't remember. That could have happened. And uh, That's a big jam out of a, a guy with 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was choked. But the year before, you know, I was, I think I was 13th in the league scoring as a rookie. Right. And then I get to Chicago and I'm not playing many minutes because they did have a deep bench, but so I was pissed off. But again, I knew when I was going in that office, I'm going to make a stir and you're going to play me. And, but I better step up if I get played. And I believe it was the next seven games. I had like 15 points. Right. So I kind of went on a heater and now it's November. Uh, is the start of November and I'm on my way to practice feeling good about myself again about the month prior I was at a lowest low as you guys know as hockey players when it's low it's low and uh, now I'm riding a heater feeling good and I got a call from my Alma Kaizik and he said the Hawks are on their way to Chicago or to Calgary uh would you like to play your first NHL game and I was like okay what you know and Calgary's my hometown like Lethbridge Alberta is where I'm from so that's basically a hometown game for me 
Uh, and I was like, you're, you're shitting me. He's like, no, we're, we're calling you up. You're going to play your first ever NHL game in, in Calgary. And, you know, I, I remember hanging up and I was emotional, very, very emotional. I was crying, called my mom. Uh, she started crying, called my dad, obviously the first two people and my grandparents, uh, my Oma, everyone. And uh, yeah, it was, I just remember just being overwhelmed with emotion, but also thinking, holy shit, I got to go play my first ever NHL game lined up against, you know, my idol, one of my idols, Jerome McGinley. And a guy like three years prior to that in 2004, I was like, I was at the red mile with like a Calgary flames foam puck on my head, you know, and now <laughs> three years later, you know, I was working at sport check <laughs> and three years later, I, I got to go perform in front of friends and family at the saddle dome. So it was, uh, it was, it was a wave of emotion, like I told you, but I got to Calgary, got to see everyone. We had about a hundred friends and family end up attending the game. And uh, so after the game, it was not, it was, nuts the amount of people that were there but it was just a crazy crazy experience uh you know seeing friends and family on the other side of the glass when you're at the saddle dome you know you're you're so used to being on the other side and now you're you're yeah. there and it's it's a surreal moment yeah coming from Lethbridge like that that must be so cool I didn't know that that was where your first game was so um how long did it take you to get your first NHL goal and who was it on so I played three games, got sent down, got called up about a month later, and it was just after New Year's. So about a month and a half later, it was just after New Year's, I got called up uh, to Phoenix. That's right. Yeah, Phoenix. I got where I think we're down two one, maybe or whatever. I already set up a goal. My first ever assist was earlier in the game. But uh, I remember, I think I got the pass on the half wall. I just one timed it in front of the net and it went off Keith Ballard's back and in the net. So complete fluke. And it was on Michael Telkvist. So I don't even know if you guys remember that name. He might yeah, have played him. in Toronto. But uh, yeah. yeah, he's... So that was my first goal, Michael Telkvist. Very... is a fluke, too. Like, yeah. they, all hey, they don't ask how, or especially for your first. So uh, I'm just curious, too. Like, we'll, we'll get into it more. But, I mean, you spent a lot of time, you know, two stints with the Blackhawks and Joel Quenville. Do you have any funny Joel Quenville stories just off the top of your head? Yeah, I got a ton. Um I was, I was definitely the whipping boy. Like I tell everyone, um, there was a time it was 2007 and, and I was going down the wing. Rousson Soleil was chasing me down. And that was back in the day when you shouldn't shoot the puck through your legs. Right. About a year prior to that, I actually scored a goal in the AHL. I shot the puck through my legs, like went right off the crossbar and made it one, nothing in Portland, Oregon or not Portland, Maine. Sorry. I had to fight three times within 24 hours, basically. Cause we played this team back to back. So that was like the last time I did it. And then, so in the NHL now, I'm like, okay, I'm coming down the wing. The puck falls in my feet. I put it through my legs and put it right off the crossbar and out. Like perfect shot through my legs. Don't know how I did it. Like pure luck fluke. I guess Quendall's on the bench. Like, did he just do that? Did he just do that? Are you kidding me? That's junior shit. You know, he's freaking <laughs> out. I get back to the bench. He's sitting on the bench or standing on the bench screaming at me. That's junior shit. You don't do that. You know, he's screaming. I'm like, okay, you know. So then we get into the period or after the period, we go into the room. He pulls me into the hallway and the hallway's right next to the room. He's like, did you just shoot it through your legs? Did you just shoot it through your legs? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, that's junior shit. The whole room is dying laughing on the other side of the wall, right? Next day, get to the rink again, pulls it up on video. It's me shooting the puck through my legs off the crossbar and out. Everyone's dying laughing, right? And he's like, that's not funny. It's not funny that's not funny, you know? And then I'm like, I'm sitting there like a beaten puppy. Right. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like he just gave it to me for 24 hours straight. 
And it's funny because like he, he was kind of yelling at you, like yelling, but also possibly to get a reaction out of the rest of the guys. But anyways, we go on to practice. Everyone's shooting the puck. Well, Buff and Kane started it, but they start shooting the puck through their legs basically to prove a point that they can do it and I can't. Um, but yeah, it was that, that, I mean, there's a ton of stories like that with Q where the stuff he said on the bench was just comical. He was very reactionary. So there was a lot of funny stuff that he said. That, that's incredible. And um, obviously good things came from being the whipping boy. You obviously get, you get your first cup in 09, 2010 season. Um, and just like, do you want to talk about that playoff run? Like how incredible that was and the feeling of winning your first cup? Well, yeah, the first cup, there's, there's really nothing like it. Uh, especially the way we did it. We didn't think we were going to win or we didn't think the puck went in. Sorry. So we, you know, you're jumping on the ice and you're like, man, if we didn't win and we threw our gloves off and we have to go back and play and end up losing the Stanley cup, this will be the worst thing in history. Like I, I wanted to ask that was the Kane one. Yeah. Against, okay. So what, what did you see? Like, did you see anything on the bench or, or on the ice from there? I didn't. So I think I just came off the ice and I remember I had my arm up kind of like this. I saw King get the puck and you're kind of watching him go with it. Right. And then he snapped it from the bottom of the circle. And I remember it made a thunk. I thought it hit the goalie's paddle and then flew into the meshing. Right. So I'm looking in the meshing and I remember Brower saying, where's the puck? And I'm like, I think it's in the mesh. Right. Like up top. And he's like, it's not there. I don't see it. I'm like, "Ah, I don't see it either. And all of a sudden, kind of by that conversation, I remember with Brow, King stuffs off. And I'm like, what's going on? And Brown's like, it's in the net. And I'm like, it's in the net, you know? And I'm like, it better be in the net, right? And then guys are throwing their stuff off. So I just threw my stuff off. Like, okay, everyone else is throwing off. But I remember in my head, I'm like, dear Lord, if this is not in the net, this is bad. Like, this is bad. I was just kind of going along with it at the start because everyone was throwing their stuff off. So I'm like, it must be in the net. And then I remember we were all celebrating and we looked at the bench. And then kind of by then we got the thumbs up. And I remember looking down the ice and I did see the ref grab it out of the net. Some people say the ref claims that he never grabbed it. A thousand percent. I see him grab it out of the net. Like you've seen him grab something out of that cushion. And right then and there, yeah, you could really start to celebrate. Like basically like, holy shit, we just won the Stanley Cup. And, you know, it goes from a moment of please God be in to we won. And, you know, the rest is history. You just... I, I it's it's a it's a feeling some people describe like you have like a two or three hour high well, so probably like a 24 hour high um where you're just so happy you're so happy for all the people that given you that opportunity you're happy that your best friend that you played with won as well you know there's mm-hmm. just like you're not just happy for yourself which is a, it's a crazy feeling you're happy you did it but you also think about all the people along the way the journey that got you there right uh to that pinnacle moment um, and it's, it's a, it's a feeling that never gets, that'll never be replicated. Um, again, having your children, I say is one thing, it's a happiness and a joy and an appreciation for life that you'll never have. That's kind of how I explain kids because it changes you. It definitely changes you in the fact of that, but the feeling of winning a cup is a, it's like an ecstasy of, of that you'll never experience. Like, it's just the happiest you'll ever be. And also like. A lot of people have kids. Not a lot of people won the cup. So there's a little more something special there. <laughs> yeah. Again, like I, I love my kids and it's just it like when people say they compare kids to the cup, it's not comparable. Like I, I've been on both. Right. And it's just kids are appreciation for life. 
you're like, shit, this little thing's mine. Like I better cherish this and give it, you know, you got to feed it. Fuck. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I can swear, but like you got to feed yeah, it. You're thing, good. You know? Okay. And, uh, but winning the cup, it's like you get a shot of a Fedrin right in your arm and you're like, you're, you just can't believe it. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a high that I, I, I mean, I experienced it after the second one, but the first one I, you could have ran, I could have ran through a wall. I was so happy. Yeah. And speaking of that high, um, wanted to go into, in, into the party afterwards. How, how was that your first cup party? Yeah, it was great. I getting into the room in Philly, it was nice in Philly because in Chicago, when we won, there was just so many people in the room and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was crazy. It was fun. But I mean, you had people that like were selling tickets that were like cramming in the room, jumping on the table, dancing, you know, and I'm like, what's going on in here? You know, which yeah. it's great. But in Chicago, the first one we're, it was just kind of us and our families. And we're just in the room partying with just our teammates and our coaches and, and everyone passing the cup around, drinking champagne, hugging, crying, laughing, you know, we'd been through a lot over two, two and a half years, three years, you know, I'd been with a lot of those guys for four years almost. Right. So um it was it was uh a rush of emotions mainly happiness obviously um and a feeling again like you just you wake up the next day still like holy hell like you're yeah. you're invincible it's crazy yeah that's that's wild and then also when you got the cup for your day with the cup in the summer how was that did you do anything special yeah so basically both times I had a pig roast. Um, my dad sells tractors and his buddy who's on a big farm, he loves doing like big pig roasts for, for uh, big parties. So both times we did that, the same, the same caters came out and they did an incredible job. Um, but the first time I had more of it in my backyard and then we went to all like the, my favorite spots in my hometown, like, you know, the sign of Lethbridge, the old rink that I played at my, you know, my old house, I played street hockey on the street that I grew up with. I played for the cup against the neighbor kids I used to play against for the Stanley cup. It's actually a video on YouTube. It's a pretty neat video that was made. And, uh, I ended up losing that day, but, um, it was, you know, I went there, had a party at night, rented out the bar, the local bar. I used to always go to brought all my friends and family there, brought it to my grandparents, you know, just did everything with family and, and try to make it as special as possible. The second time, you know, very similar is just a little bit more structured. I would say mm-hmm. I, I went to my buddy's farm again, had the pig roast, had DJs. We actually had two different DJ sets going on at one time. One was playing more country. One was playing more electronic because my dad's like, I hate that dance shit. So I'm like, <laughs> I'll get you your own DJ table. So in one of the sheds out back, all the older people were hanging out, listening to country and old rock and the younger people are dancing. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like a, an awesome time. Like it's just so cool hearing you talk about it, but um, something I'm interested in hearing about is the next year you get traded to Toronto and I'm a big Leafs fan. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that. So I'm curious just how, how you found out about the trade and how you reacted. Yeah. So it would have been Canada day roughly in that time frame, And I think it was Canada day because I was the parade marshal in my hometown. And I remember about two weeks prior. So right when we won the cup, I was in this back alley that we were just having a drink, me, Vince Vaughn, and then Stan Bowman came and just having a drink. And Stan told me right there, hey, we're going to have to trade you. And I remember Vince Vaughn, as Vince Vaughn does. I don't know if you know. Do you know Vince Vaughn? Oh, yeah. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a big actor in those days, though. And 
um, he was like, no, you can't trade Chris. You can't trade Chris. Like you, you got to keep him. You know, he's trying to convince Stan that he's got to trade me. So that was the first time I actually knew I was going to get traded. Fast forward two weeks later, I get a call from Stan basically saying there's a couple teams. I think I'm going to send you to Toronto. I know what type of personality you have. You, you should do well in a big market. So that's, I remember him saying it to me. Right. And he's like, I, so I think I'm going to send you to Toronto. He called me back about an hour and a half later. And, and then that's when the deal was was finalized so actually i got my day with the cup july 3rd i believe and i got traded three days before so i was actually a leaf when i had my day with the cup oh, that's funny um, but yeah sorry that's ice in the background but uh the so the day with the or, uh sorry so when i got traded toronto those it was nuts though right like your phone blows up you're in the biggest market in the world for hockey now um and i didn't really fully understand it till i got to toronto um, but it was a good experience. I just, it sucked that we weren't good, but I would have loved to play on a good Toronto team. Yeah. No, I remember watching you play in Toronto. It was, it's, it's, so it's cool to have you, have you here now, but uh, I'm curious too. like, I have a lot of questions about it, but we can kind of, we don't need to go too into it, but what was Phil Kessel like when you played with him? He was my roommate. Oh yeah. And uh, Yeah. He's, he was my roommate. He's a great guy hilarious complains about everything but so do i i complain about most um but he's just he was just a great person to be around i mean there's just so many stories about phil you know he always used the clothes hangers i've, I've told this story on tons of podcasts so if your listeners have heard it i apologize but i'd be in the room and phil would be you know we'd both be sleeping it'd be like 7 a.m i remember we're in pittsburgh and he'd always take the clothes hangers to close the blinds shut right because he doesn't want no sun coming in in the morning and the clothes hanger fell off uh, off the blinds. And I remember sun was peering in right in Phil's eyes, right? And all I hear, I'm sleeping still. And he's like, oh, my eyes. Oh, my God. The sun's in my eyes. You know, and he's freaking out. I'm like, dude, stand up. He's like, you got to get it. And literally, my bed is on the far side of the blinds. It's my bed, his bed, blinds. I'm like, <laughs> you're right there. He's like, no, you got to get it. You know, like, but that was Phil <laughs> back in the day when we had to have roommates, right? Like we're both on our second or he might've been on his, oh, no, he'd have been on his second contract. So we had roommates. It's a little strange to say now, most of the players don't have roommates anymore, but I, those times as a roommate with him in my younger years, it was enjoyable, you know, like just watching movies with him, bullshitting, talking, you know, it, it was, uh, it was memorable times. I remember when I got traded, they said, how do you feel about Chris getting traded? He goes, how do you think I feel? He's my friend, you know? And, and, and so that, that always stuck with me, you know, a guy that, you know, feel reciprocates that same type of friendship towards you, a guy that with that stature and um, how, how big of a personality he is and was. I want to know too, like, there's a lot of talk about him, like eating brutal and stuff like that. How bad is it really? And like his, yeah. his hydration? Uh, I mean, I don't know much about the hydration, but he ate brutal. Yeah. I mean, pregame meal he always had a designated bowl of cheddar cheese like a full bowl of cheese yeah and he would put it on his chicken his salad his everything so like he'd be like i feel terrible i'd be like again <laughs> apologizing to your listeners but these are my best stories from him oh. and uh, i'd be like you ate a bowl of cheese like you ate a full bowl of cheese you're gonna feel like shit man He's like, yeah, that's okay you know that's not that i'm like it is that and then, you know, he'd go out and have two goals and an assist and I'd be minus three. And he'd tell me after the game continuously how he felt terrible that night. You know, I'd, I'd want to kill him because he's he's got two goals and assist and I'm minus three. Right. And he's ate a bowl of cheese and he's still performing. Yeah, he he did not eat good. 
it might change now. I mean, I haven't, I haven't talked. He, he looks better now. I'm not, he looks, yeah. he looks good these like, days. That's he, for sure. Yeah. And again, the other thing too, like I remember shit talking to him all the time. We'd be in the room. I'd be like, Phil, you are like, there's no chance you could lift more than me. And at those days, like, you know, I could lift a bit and, you know, I'd go up, I'd we'd be like, let's go in the squat rack, right? He'd go into the squat rack, basically throw four pies aside, rip off 10, not even warmed up and put it back on the bar. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, never mind. I'm screwed. I can't do that. <laughs> so yeah, there's tons of shit talking with him, but he'd back it up. That's crazy. So, well, yeah, obviously he has, and he has for a while now as we see him take that streak and everything like that. But uh, moving on with your career here, like you take a quick stop in Philadelphia and then off to play in the sunshine state with the Panthers. Um, so how was that playing in Florida? I love Florida. Um, I had a lot of injuries there. And again, I wouldn't have been fun to be around, especially that second and third year, because again, I had a hip tear, two groin tears before I went there, ACL, right? And, but when I first got there, we were a team that was just mashed together. Um, you know, even the media, they were shit talking us pretty good. We ended up winning the division, lost to, lost to, or uh, sorry, the Devils in double overtime game seven and the devils ended up going to the Stanley cup finals and lost to the Kings in game six. So for a team that was kind of mismatched together, wasn't supposed to be good. Being able to help get that team to the playoffs was to me, I look back at a lot of the achievements, you know, when you start to look back at your individual career, you know, helping that team as an individual, like many individuals did on that team, not saying I did it alone, but you know, being a big part of that team, winning a banner and, and going to the playoffs on a team that had no business being there. Uh, I look back as one of my most um, favorite accomplishments as a team. Yeah. And like you said, you didn't play much in your second and third year there, but you, it, I'm pretty sure if, if we're not mistaken, you coached the university of yeah. Lethbridge during that second year. So like, how did that come about? And like, what went on there? Yeah. So I had my hip, surgery and it was about november when i got okayed to play but by then the lockout was on um so then i got called by greg gatto <clears throat> he's a coach there and asked if i'd like to come on the bench at that time if i was smart i actually should have went and played somewhere to get in shape but i didn't so i ended up going back and coaching the university for two months yeah. and being a part of that and then again like I think it was January 3rd or 4th, the uh, league ended up getting called back. We were getting told the whole time that there's a big possibility the league wasn't going to go on that year. And then I came back uh, to play in Florida, wasn't in great shape and actually tore my ACL about 10 games in, I think it was. So uh, it was rough, but the the university experience was cool. You know, you got to go every day, be around the guys, coach. And I was also, you know, going on the ice to try to stay in shape. I, I should have done it better. I probably shouldn't have gone at all. And I should have played to stay in shape and um, would have been better that way <laughs> but that's how it was and got to live with that choice yeah well I mean I'm, I'm sure you don't know the there's no hockey team there at Lethbridge now you see that oh it's sad yeah yeah it's sad that uh, I, I don't know what happened I don't think they could get the funding they claim and they, they wanted to put the funding in other areas but yeah it's Lethbridge man yeah. Like I don't know where I come from, but you know, a lot of the people running the operations there, it's not good. Well, we don't need to get into it, but getting into your second cup with Chicago, you go back to your back to the Blackhawks and win another cup in 2015. So um just 
do you want to touch on that playoff run and, and winning it that second time? Yeah, it was cool. I didn't have as big of a role, uh, especially that second time. So it was a bit different. Uh, I got hurt a little bit going into the playoffs and then wasn't playing particularly good in the first round. Didn't play at all in the second round. I got healthy scratched against Minnesota and then came back and I actually played really good in the cup finals. I didn't think I was going to play, but that's when Brian Bickle and they thought it was vertigo, but it was MS. So he, he ended up playing more in the second and third round. And then they brought me in and to play in the finals because he was dizzy and was having vertigo. So that, that cup was a little different. I, again, ended up winning and, and having that same type of feeling, um, you know, winning the Stanley cup, you're like, Oh shit, this just happened again. Uh, but it was a different ride there, a different road. I, again, wasn't healthy. It was a lot bumpier, a lot more stress. I thought uh, as a hockey player, um, not so much in the fact of trying to win it, but just as a hockey player. And so when I won that one, it was definitely a weight off the shoulders of all the shit I went through for two years with injuries and, and rehabbing and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but before we kind of touch on Calgary and playing there in your hometown and everything like that, but we, we wanted to know, was there any cool encounters? I know you weren't in LA for a long time, but uh, any cool encounters with celebrities or any Hollywood moments while you were there? Honestly, it was just, I, I remember, you know, again, I knew Vince Vaughn well, and my wife knows his wife pretty well. I went to his house for his kid's birthday party. And that was, you know, he's, he's the biggest celebrity I knew there. And I got to talk to and just a great guy. I haven't, I haven't really stayed in touch with him. My wife stays in touch with his wife a little bit, and she's actually from Vulcan, Alberta. So that's how I ended up getting introduced to him in, in Chicago. But he he's again, you know, you're sitting next to Vince Vaughn in those days and he's, massive right and you're like holy hell right and sometimes when he's talking you almost feel like you're watching a movie because he's that funny and and that's kind of how he is he's just being himself right i was gonna ask it like is he is he like his characters because he always plays the same character is that just who he is yeah he he does he's very much like that very much yeah he's you know he's fast talking always joking cracking jokes having fun just a just a super good person to be around that's pretty, that's just pretty cool to know him and let alone like be able to sit there, have a beer with him, whatever it may be. But, um, and then, yeah, like, like I said before, Calgary, obviously you said pretty emotional to play your first game there. How was it to be able to go back and be able to be a part of the flames? Oh, that was awesome. You know, again, the, the leading up to that was a little weird because I went to Edmonton's camp. They ended up offering a deal and then I ended up taking a deal with Calgary. So the reason I took it is because my grandparents, you know, they're getting older. I wanted them to be able to come to games still. And that extra three hours of a drive to Edmonton, it just doesn't suit them very well. So for me, picking to play in Calgary was everything to do with family over at the time, you know, who who I cared more about was the Flames or Edmonton. Calgary did guarantee me that I was going to still have a big role on the team and play a lot of ice where Edmonton wanted me to be Jesse Pooley-Arvey's like, like helper. I don't know. Really, I'm like, I, I'm still like at the time. I'm like, I told the guy, I'm like, I'm better than Pooley Arby. Why am I, why am I flipping in and out for shifts with him? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, I remember why I was like, I ain't playing here. I'd rather play in Calgary in front of friends and family and, and have still a big role on the team rather than being someone's like extra coach or something. I don't know really what they were thinking, but um <laughs> Being at being at Saddledome again, you know, playing my first ever game there, playing for the Flames, playing my first ever uh, playoff game against Calgary, and then playing my last ever NHL game with the Flames. Um, I have a special connection to them now. I, I definitely do. I grew up being an Oilers fan, massive Oilers fan, because my dad loves Wayne. Yeah. But 
I, you know, now I'm, you know, Calgary's my team. That's who I cheer for. Yeah. Mm, super cool. I was wondering who you grew up cheering for. So that cool though, Calgary, obviously um, making good strides to be a cup contender soon, but um, yeah, they, they, uh, what do you think? Painful. I, I am like the Sutter, they're close family friends, right? Rich and Ron. I just want Daryl to turn Huberto loose. That's it. I've said it on Calgary radio. I just said, just play him. Why is he playing 15 to 17 minutes a night? You can't play a star 15 to 17 minutes a night. You won't, it just won't work. It won't work. Maybe in, maybe in 2012, when you had Anze Kopitar, Justin Williams on your third line, like, Maybe when you have that many great players in your lineup, you can do it, but they don't have Justin Williams on their third line. Right. Mm-hmm. So like play your stars, please. They do need to pick up a four. I, and I thought at the start of the year, they're going to be able to trade a, a D man to get a forward, but now that's looking bleak. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. We'll, well see. Yeah. We'll keep our eyes on it. I mean, we can, well, I want to move into some fan questions. We don't want to take up too much of your time so we can kind of, wrap it up we we had so many but i'll just pick like one or two um one of them that stuck out to me was what's been your favorite city to live in hockey aside oh chicago yeah okay chicago's especially in the spring and summertime and fall it's you know great weather the food's amazing the people are so kind um so much to do nightlife everything and i just i love chicago Sports, okay. they love their sports. Mm-hmm. The best. Like, if Chicago had better weather, it'd be there'd be no better city to live in on earth. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, I heard it's a little. I went back. It was a little rough downtown. Yeah, I've heard it. It's like pretty okay. high murder rate. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> like it, but usually that's on the one end of town. Um, I believe in like some of the the scarier areas, but. I've heard it's leaked downtown a little bit now and I was there and it was definitely a little sketchy downtown. <laughs> okay. I wanted to ask you if you can quickly talk about being on battle of the blades. We got a, a couple asking about that. And yeah, that was an experience to be able to learn how to dance and figure skate and then go on national TV basically within three weeks was honestly probably the scariest I've ever been. Like when the countdown to that first dance came on um, and you're like, it's like 10, nine, eight and it's like the camera goes live and you're like sitting there like holy fuck i just forgot the whole thing (laughs) literally you're like blacking out your heart's going everywhere because you're still like man i just started picking up this person three weeks ago i've never you know and now i gotta go on tv and remember dance moves and everything it was it was horrifying honestly the first time and i thought i'd be more confident but i was not confident that's hilarious yeah. And you're like, you're like, oh, let's go look stupid. It's going to be funny. But you're like, no, I, it, honestly, the biggest thing you're thinking about is not, not dropping someone. Yeah. <laughs> Just scared. That's awesome. Yeah. Fun experience though. Great time. Yeah. Yeah. Don't watch any on YouTube, but I've, I've seen it. I remember seeing it live. You're great. Well, yeah. So, that, so every, yeah. everyone listening to this episode, go, uh, go search that one up. Um, yeah. Don't. <laughs> for, for a good chuckle i mean yeah i i remember watching it too you did look pretty pretty darn good out there for only i didn't realize you picked it up three weeks earlier yeah so they gave us skates but because of covid usually they give the the, the personnel i think it's about five six weeks of getting comfortable and all that but with covid 
um it was literally it might even have been two weeks to be honest with you three three would have been max it would have been like three weeks you know start to get together week two we're just starting to lift week three was like uh, it was three weeks and again still at that time you're like toe picking in practice all the time falling down and you still don't really know how to lift someone yeah it was it was it was sketchy for me to like that, that, that first dance, I was like, by the end, I was like, okay, I'm okay with the toe picks. I'm comfortable picking her up. I'm comfortable with a lot of the, the small stuff. But still, they kept pushing you to do more each week, which is good because it's good for the show and it's good for, you know, it's it's challenging you. But at the same time, in the back of your head, you're like, holy, like, this That's is crazy. Yeah, you're a little scared. But well, again, they're, they're very safe about it, right? You got the spotters beside you and the people. Yeah. But still, you're like, I don't know how to do this. I've never had dance lessons in my life. That's I hilarious. At a country bar, you know, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of all we got here from you. We don't want to take you all night. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Obviously, a two-time cup champ is always a treat to get on. And uh, it was great to hear from you and your stories. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, appreciate it a ton, Steger. Best of luck with Clever. I'll be, I'll be keeping an eye. For sure. Take care. All right, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Later, boys. All right, I want to thank Christopher Steve for that. Super cool to have him on. Hear about winning Stanley Cups and his career, long career in the NHL, and um, a pretty big name guest from among uh, for our podcast. So I'm I'm really happy we got to get him on. And and what do you think of that card? No, I thought it was great. Um, some pretty cool stories there that like obviously hearing about Phil, hearing about the cup, just kind of the Phil Kessel stories were so funny that guy's one of a kind man and that that's hilarious and I, i'm just like super happy we like steger was welcome and opening to open up about it and kind of just to share these stories with us and our audience so i was really grateful for that and it's just nice to have a uh such a high profile player like that uh come on and talk to us for a little bit and uh no it was it was a great uh great pod all in all and i think the fans really enjoyed that one yeah, I'm just going back through our old episodes. I'm trying to think how many cup champs have we had on. I know we got obviously Steger, we got Alex Newhook, Mitchell Stevens potentially. Like he lifted yeah, the cup. No, on no, the no, 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 no. He won. He he, he won has it? two. Technically two. Okay, so there you go. Um, I'm just going going through the rest of the list here. Um, we'll probably have a lot of future cup champs, I would think, but um, just pretty interesting, I guess. Um, I I wanted to say as I'm scrolling through and I see Oscar Olson on these episodes. You want to? He played his first NHL game, did he not? Yeah, he did. You wanna, so you talk showdown about bump there. I mean, it, it it's crazy, honestly, man. Like to think how like far guys come from playing in the OHL one year to jumping up and like getting NHL games this year. Um, Jean Luc Foudy, another guy from the OHL, and guy Robert who, Thomas. Sorry to just jump in, another Cup champ we've had. On. Yeah, that's that's a major one too, and a star in the league now too. You you almost look over some of the guys that we had on early, some of that such a big name guys. So like, if you're still listening to this episode, it means you're a fan, and it means that you're a loyal listener. Um, I guess you could say, and we really appreciate you if you're still listening. So. If you missed the other episodes, go catch up on those because there's a lot of great players. We had Darren Drager on too, mm-hmm. one of like Canada's biggest like hockey insiders. So, if not the biggest, so yeah, like we had some big names on, and as we approach a hundred, I think we got to try to bank a real good one for a hundred. Yeah, we're gonna have a couple weeks to think about it. 
um and we should get a big one for 100 maybe we do like a double interview or something we we get creative get crazy for 100 um but while we're doing a, some showbound bumps we did dolls already tyler tucker played his first couple nhl games right um we had uh logan thompson obviously um he's he was like rookie of the month in the nhl so another showbound bump i mean honestly there's probably a lot now that we've had 90 something guests so Anyway, we all know that good things happen to those who come on the Showbound podcast. So for the future guests listening out there, you'll probably want to come on. That's how we got Dolbs. He was a listener before he was a, a guest. Yeah, exactly. I think we've had a few like that guys just reaching out, being like, hey, listen. And I like it. And then sure enough, we connect and we have you on. So if you're listening and you think you might want to pop on, share some stories, share some laughs, it'd be a great time. But um I don't know. We don't have too much for this back end. We talked a lot at the at the beginning, and I know you're busy. I'm busy. We both got to kind of giddy up here. So, I mean, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm just happy we got this done. It's a day late, a day late, as we all know. But um, sometimes the schedules don't align, especially with so many moving parts with guests and us and our schedules. So we appreciate your patience for a day late episode, but. You know, you knew we were going to bring the heat if we we're going to postpone it a day. So we're happy to uh, get this one out there. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll flip to you to wrap it up card. Yeah, I mean, I forgot it was a day late. So <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. Now, yes, I'm glad we absolutely gave my heater kind of if we're going to be a day late. Yeah, we do have to make up for it, make sure it's a good one. So, I mean, going forward, if you see one's a day late, just expect it's a banger. Make sure you tune in, make sure you're listening. But uh that being said, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful out. Um, I'm sitting in Barrie, Ontario right now. I'm actually going to go for a swim in the pool outside because uh, my billets are keeping the pool open. Is it, um, is it warm? It's gotta be pretty warm. 93. Is that good? Oh, it's like a hot tub almost. Heard of it, bud. It's incredible. So I'll be doing that. I'm going to take a couple laps and then wind down for bed. Big, big weekend for, for myself. I know you're kind of just putting it in cruise control now. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, we'll touch base next week and kind of catch up on what we've missed. So that being said, we're signing over and out.